did feel like for a long time that it just disappeared nobody cared about it anymore and all this stuff's out there you know somebody's gotta get it or like we're just gonna pretend like that didn't happen you know we were just on the Simpsons that was cool feeling like somebody that kind of kept the flame you know just kept it in the consciousness like I'm proud of that for sure so you hear all the time people in Knoxville saying it feels like 98 but lately it's been feeling a lot like 82 wouldn't you say oh absolutely it's everywhere the 40th anniversary of the World's Fair is in the air and I'm very excited to be able to have Chris Ford here on the show in just a little bit who you might know is the co-owner of Sweet Peas but you might not know that he's actually the owner of the uh, original 1982 World's Fair logo, which is awesome. Yeah, it's the it's the signature red flame that you see on their logo at Sweet Peas Barbecue downtown. Yeah, which goes perfect with barbecue, flame. It, it just makes sense. And But I was wondering, sort of, how, did, how does somebody like this get into you know, World's Fair logos and World's Fair memorabilia? I mean, he has a huge collection. Yeah, and also such a niche. You know, it's like he's collected vast and vast amounts of historical stuff, you know. <laughs> I think it's called history, historical yeah, right. now at this point. Um, but, you know, what, what, what he's doing with that and how he's just, you know, bringing the magic of the of the 82 World's Fair back. Yeah, and I thought it'd be awesome to have him on the show to talk about his memories from the World's Fair. He was a kid when he went and to talk about some of this memorabilia and to talk about just the importance of, you know, keeping that World's Fair spirit alive. And then later on in the show, following that discussion, Brendan McDermott, uh, growth and development editor here at Knox News, is going to join me to debate sort of what the biggest impact is that the World's Fair has had on Knoxville. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about the Sun Sphere. Uh, the nickname, the Scruffy the, City. Say, yeah, the Scruffy City nickname. Obviously, we, we're we the Scruffy stuff, and we got a Sunsphere as our logo. So, you know, we <laughs> embrace both of those. But um, make sure you stick around to after the conversation with Chris Ford. You're not going to want to miss that conversation that Brenna and I have. But before we get started, I'm Ryan Willis, Urban Life Writer at Knox News. And joining me, Calvin Matta is photojournalist here at Knox News. And the Scruffy stuff is presented by Knox News, where you can find everything we discuss here on the show and more. Knox News relies on support from readers and listeners to provide you compelling stories from Knoxville and across East Tennessee. Subscribers get an all-access pass to all of our premium, exclusive content. And to become a subscriber, it's easy. Just visit knoxnews.com slash subscribe to see our latest offer and sign up today. But I guess first things first, do you remember the World's Fair? Because I'm pretty sure we talked before and you were like a kid, right? I was 10, yeah. So what do you what do you remember um, about it? It's like 10 years old. There's Yeah, yeah. You so, remember pieces, I bet. Absolutely. Uh, the arcade, first and foremost. Of course, 10-year-old kid. next level. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, the, the, the fair components itself, what they call the midway, right, where the... the um, Ferris wheel was all that was great. Uh, China, you know, like like you had to go to China because it was the first time that they had actually participated in anything in the West since like in eighty years, I think it right. was, or the nineteen hundreds. Yeah. And uh, so I remember that pretty well. What, what was your impression of the Sun Sphere? I imagine as a kid that probably was awesome. Yeah, you know what's funny is I, you know, I, I guess I thought it was awesome, but yeah. I, you know, I don't remember. Like I, I was more into the Ferris wheel and the arcade, the games you know? and the rides. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, I do have a funny story from there though. Uh, so I think this was after the fair was over, and they still had a restaurant up there. In the middle of it was a rotating bar, hmm. so if you sat like at a table. Um, looking out, the bar was in the middle and it rotated. Right, and, I, and it was me. It was me and my mom, and my mom is visibly uh, frazzled. And and I'm like, mom, what's up? She's like, this man at the bar is slowly moving towards us. Like she thought he was creeping on her. I <laughs> right, guess. Uh, and then to come to find out, he was just rotating. 
Okay. Oh, so she didn't even know it was a rotating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, so how did you, I mean, you remember bits and pieces, but so sure. it wasn't a total fascination, which I, you're pretty fascinated with it now, right? And you, uh, yeah. And, so that, that was one of those things that, uh, you know, being from Knoxville and as we got older, uh, it just seemed funny to me and a, and a couple of my buddies, you know, that here we had this, you know, the older we got, the more you read about, you know, the Paris Exposition and then Chicago. Right. 19, early, you know, 1901 or whatever. And then, you know, Knoxville. It just, it to me, it was always kind of funny. And, uh, and so I have a buddy, Chris King, a dear friend of mine, who for the 20th anniversary just printed up a bunch of shirts. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of us put some money in, and he dealt with it and sold them. And then one of our the investors, a <laughs> friend of ours, uh, some air quotes. There. Yeah, can, can we uh, can we do this? Like, does somebody own this? And then that's just when it started. We just started talking to. Um, uh, trademark lawyer and then did some research like it, it's just out there like nobody owns it well can we own it no uh, yeah yeah if you pay the money for it you know and we, and we learned a lot about trademarking which is you know if I had to do ever again I don't know if I would have done it because you have to pay for everything unless you actually own like you created it right you know you don't it's not intellectual property, right? It's you got to pay for every single usage, and it yeah. just you know you go down a rabbit hole. Well, the um, I was going to ask too. So, twenty twenty two now, fortieth anniversary. That'd have been two thousand two. Was that pre sweet peas? Pre sweet peas. Yeah. So, so what is- happened there is those guys slowly fell off. The twenty fifth came around, and then we 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 owned it just for t shirts. And so me and my buddy Chris sold t shirts at the mall for Christmas. Uh, and that was right around when I was starting Sweet Peas. And then after the 25th anniversary, none of the guys cared. And I was like, hey, uh, anybody, everybody cool with me just taking that? Oh, okay. And everybody, my friends were like, oh, yeah, no problem. So was that like your business, like selling these T-shirts? Was that like how you? <laughs> no, uh, no, no okay. that was like we all, everybody had jobs. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we wasn't making us that much money. So I'm kind of curious. You bought the trademark and the rights to the World's Fair, 1982 World's Fair logo. What does that all encompass? Is it just the like the signature? Yeah, flame so like that you see, yeah, I don't own anything. Like you know, you see all these different T-shirt, you know, cool things from the fair. It's not like anything that says the fair. I don't own it. Right. It's specifically the red flame, which period. goes perfect with sweet peas. Well, barbecue. that was my thing at the time. I'm like, hey, I'm in a barbecue restaurant now. This would be a perfect Knoxville, you know. Um, logo yeah uh and yeah so i talked those guys out of it and then i then i paid more money so that i could use it for t-shirts and then and then 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 that's when more of my money got put into it and i started buying specific usage rights glassware t-shirts hats um and each time you do that it's more money to the lawyer <laughs> right gotcha so if i wanted to make a glass with that flame on there i'd have to dish over a to, couple dollars to or you. just yeah get my Get your approval. (laughs) Okay. Well, so it started out as like you being, uh, like you said, like it's sort of funny, right? That that the World's Fair was here. Is is that still sort of your your mindset about the World's Fair, or has it changed at all over the years? I mean, you're still you're still interested in it, right? You still collect. I know you've been selling off some of the some of the collectibles, but I mean. Um, how do you view it now? The same way, or uh, yeah, you know, I kind of, I kind of do, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, I love it for. I mean, I love Knoxville, and I, and I love having been. You know, when I was a kid, uh, after the fair, 
you know, downtown just disappeared. And uh, I skated a lot. And we, as a skate community, you know, the older guys, college kids, built uh, the Unfair, which was a really cool DIY skate park that was down there. And so then, it, you know, for me, as I'm now 50, looking back, you know, just it came across my life in a lot of different ways. And I'm proud of it, right? And, 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 but, and it's also, you know, talking to people from other places, it's something to talk about. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, when we opened the downtown restaurant, it became even more important to me because I'm like, I'm right there next to the Sun Sphere, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that's why we kind of turned that into the Sweet Peas Downtown into a Museum because we did. You know, there wasn't many people doing anything like it. You don't, see, the only time you ever saw stuff about the fair was at a junk shop, you know, people selling glasses and stuff. So then it did become for me kind of like, well, I'm going to embrace this. And, yeah, I'm going to start coming because it's not like I had a collection as a kid or a collection even in my in my 20s. It was really once Sweet Pea started taking off and people would run stories on us. And then we hung all that stuff downtown that people just bring me stuff or they would like bring a box. I'm like, how much would you give me? I'm like 200 bucks. And then I just started doing that. Yeah. Um, and then I started finding some really cool stuff that I inevitably did like owning a piece of Knoxville. Um but now I, get, I have too much stuff. Well, I want to get to that in a second. Okay. Some of the some of the cool collectibles, but I do want to go back for a second because I want to know about the unfair. I've never heard about this. I've never before. heard about that. No, yeah. can you can you please tell me? I feel like our listeners would love to hear that. Yeah, the unfair. Um, a group of guys: Doug Walker, Jay Cab, Brian, who owns Pluto Sports. Um, a bunch of college guys. I mean, and I'm probably not going to get this completely right. I'm not a historian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they built a skate park and, and it's hard to explain exactly where it was because, you know, they put the tunnel in and all that, but it was kind of around where, where all that, that is. Uh, yeah. And it was an awesome, uh, skate park again, all DIY and, uh, all the best skaters were there and, and, you know, your parents would drop you off downtown. You could skate the whole city because there wasn't during the day, especially right. <laughs> you, know, if, like you either worked at, at TVA or, you know, one of the little restaurants, right? Uh, and you were just down there all day skating. And in fact, there there was a Thrasher magazine cover. There was a, there was a story about Knoxville because Doug was a pro. We had a couple of pros. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's on the cover. The Unfair is on the cover of <laughs> a awesome. Thrasher magazine. Oh, Ryan, I've never Ryan, heard we're going to have to look that up. I know. Yeah, that sounds like a, like a This Day in History story or something. we got to do oh, some yeah. kind of throwback, look back at that thing. That I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so let's go to the collectibles because I, I know even kind of parting ways with some of them but there's there's a lot of cool stuff i mean that's one of my favorite things to do on saturday sunday i go over happy holler and just kind of walk through some oh, of those yeah. vintage shops and just try to find some weird things i know recently i got i recently got into collecting like decks of cards like poker cards playing sure. cards found like a nice little uh mini deck of sunsphere oh, cards yeah, yeah so i got those recently and there's just so many cool things i mean what are some of the ones that um I guess some of your most prized because I just talk about the ones you're not selling first. Yeah, what are some of the ones? Well, that- like stuff that I like to have stuff that I can actually use, right? That it's not just out. Um, so I love glassware. I mean, there were some really great mugs and glasses, uh, and I, and I like the sets. I like, and there's a lot of these, but I like them. I, I love the Wendy's glasses because um, it's just really clean. That's the one that's just got like kind of the logo tea. on yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's a Wendy's. Um, the McDonald's glasses, uh, but I also that there was a coffee table book that you don't see a lot, um, and I love those. Um, and it's kind of like gold embossed on the front, and it's just you know black and white photos from the fair. They, they must have put it out afterwards. Yeah. Um, I like they made a lot of cheap stuff, you know, tons and tons of cheap stuff. So when you find pieces that are um, 
not cheap. But I like those. Like so, there's some nice sun sphere statues, but they're hard to find. Some real, some porcelain mm-hmm. sun sphere statues, um, and then there's some great pottery. Uh, that's the really hard stuff to find. Like I assume it's locally done. I, I'm not sure, but um, there's some really great old mugs mm-hmm. and uh, like piggy banks, um, and it just looks like like southern thrown pottery can you find much stuff that was like uh that was pavilion specific like is there like a lot of like you know german you know related stuff from you know steins tons of steins um and then there's like some stuff i've seen it would be more um but it's what you're saying like there's there's lots of trays and there's a great like metal um American pavilion tray. Okay. So it's like etched into it. Yeah. And it's cool. Um, there was a robot at the, um, I'm going to get this wrong. I want to say it, it must have been China because um, I don't, I'm not sure if Japan had a pavilion, but it was a, looked like this, the mic arm, you oh, know, yeah. and it would draw. It had like four or five different things that it would draw. And it oh, had I've seen like, that. I've uh, seen yeah, photos man. of it. And then you know, you roll it and they'd give it to you and it would draw a flame. Yeah. It would draw a dove. It would draw uh, uh, some Chinese character, you know, like, uh, I'm not sure what it says because yeah. I don't, you know. Right. But uh, so that was cool. And, 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 and I love posters. And that's really my collection. Like downtown, we have a lot of posters. Mm-hmm. If I can find nice posters. One of my favorite things is... Uh, you know Peter Max is the artist Peter Max who did a lot of Beatles stuff and uh, he did Yellow Submarine a lot of that art uh, he was the uh, fair like artist in residence which a lot of people don't know I had no clue and, that's uh, awesome yeah super cool and then he did uh, three posters for Hertz rental car so if you rented it came to Knoxville and rented a car you just got one of these and they were just prints but they were specific to the fair and there was like three different ones and those are super hard to find wow um, and I've got I think I got two of those framed at the, the shop downtown um I gotta come in and check those out. I've, I mean, you know, I, I've seen I've seen the McDonald's glasses and the Wendy's yeah, glasses. You yeah, see those yeah. everywhere. I'm sure my tiny deck of cards are yeah. nothing special, but they're. I mean, yeah, that that sounds awesome. And then the other what I was thinking about your pavilion thing. You could do, uh, and I had one of these for mine, and I've been given a lot more. But where you got stamps from each pavilion, mm-hmm. and then those are always sweet to frame. A little passport kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Know, yeah. yeah. Um, are you a beer drinker? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You guys saw. The, I saw your eyes light up. You got excited. <laughs> yeah. I was are, we, say, is that, are we getting some now? <laughs> I was going to say yeah, the. Uh, we got to ask about. Yeah, the McDonald's glass. We I brought one in the other day because we did a taste test of the uh, of the World's Fair beer from forty years ago. Like, <laughs> like you we, we might have one still in here. <laughs> oh if you want to crack gosh. one open here on the podcast, I don't know. It's got. Uh, I don't want to ruin it in case you do you, want to drink. There's some there's some semi solid stuff in there. Yeah, I'm sure there is. <laughs> a lot maybe, of maybe we'll yeast crack cultures open, of uh, we called the bread. food science department. But you did to, try it? Yeah, we called the food science department at UT to make sure it was okay, like that we would not die. I would do that. Do you want one? Yes. I would should we do go that. get it? We should. What? You know what? Let's go to a commercial break <laughs> we'll take and a commercial then we'll be break. back. Yeah. <laughs> yes. With that a beer. Hey, I'm Silas Sloan, growth and development reporter at Knox News. You can keep up with my work at knoxnews.com, where I report on real estate, major employers, and cool business news. Also, come say hello in the Urban Knoxville Facebook group, where I share my work and where you can join in on the downtown discussion. So we're back. We have... uh we didn't have as many cans left over as I thought we did. I guess we all really liked it and drank a lot of it, but we'll go ahead and crack one of these open. 
And I really. Uh, Some good carbonation. Right, can still. I take a picture of this? Yeah, go for it. Because there we go. It's got a head. I'm surprised how I've much never, it's actually carbonated still. I, I've talked about doing this, but I never have. You want to get like a nice pour photo? Oh yeah, definitely. Look at how much carbonation's still in there. Wow. Oh my gosh. That was a terrible that's a pour. Full, that was that's just a full a, head. <laughs> there's no solids in this. I mean, I mean, look at that. The ones, uh, the that's, ones a, had, that's a brand new beer. The ones we had the other day were like had like little pieces of like yeast cultures and stuff in it. Like, there's a little bit of stuff going on in there, but it's safe to drink. Right, we've been told. Go. All right, it's got a nice head. That is surprisingly okay. Yeah, I know, right? It's like it's like a a it's beer just, apple juice. It's it, got it, like an apple juicy it, taste. To it. it it does. It still smells. This is beery. this is the coolest thing I've done in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I don't know what that says about my life. Where were we? I don't even remember <laughs> what we were talking about. This is really this really stole the show. Um, stuff. Yeah. The, stuff. The um, well, talk a little bit about. I mean, you're you're parting ways with some of this stuff now. What's the um, what's the reason behind that? I feel like. I mean, is it, it hard to do that? No, not no, really. not at all. Because it did get to the point where I was just buying stuff to buy stuff, and and and, and people gave us stuff. I traded for food, and just over a you know almost ten years of doing it. You know, my basement's full. And then with the 40th anniversary, it just made sense. Just something fun to do. And this visit Knoxville's now, you know, got the Sun Sphere fun, trying to raise money for the for the upkeep to the Sun Sphere. Um, and so we partnered with Bliss. And mm-hmm. really, it's just, yeah. To get rid of some stuff, have some fun. Have you been up to the renovated observation deck yet? I'm embarrassed to say I have not. I, I've been invited multiple times yeah. and, and just been busy. I was going to say, it seems like it was... Uh, Made for you. Like it's got all like the world's fair memorabilia. Oh and well, stuff I donated it. some. So oh, is that right? So, so, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> there you no, go. Sure. That makes sense. Then. Um, well, I'm curious. I mean, you're you're a Knoxville resident. Are you born here, right? I was not born here, but I moved here when I was like three. Okay, so you know, Knoxville native. Yes. Uh, downtown business owner. Also have a business outside of downtown. Yep. Um, world's fair collector. All this stuff. I mean, um, so you got a bunch of different unique perspectives when it comes to the world's fair. I mean, how how would you th- say? What are some of the biggest ways you think the World's Fair changed downtown Knoxville? Because, like you said, like right after uh, the World's Fair, it was like a wasteland. But now we're starting. Yeah. But now we're seeing like like an all time record use of like World's Fair Park getting used like yeah. a lot for events. There's like a heightened interest now in the Sun Sphere now that's been renovated and like there's just I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Petros wouldn't be here. I mean, you know, yeah, what, yeah. what are some of the some of the ways that you think like um, from those various perspectives, having grown up here, having owned businesses here? I mean, what did the World's Fair do for Knoxville? Would you say? Um, well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things. I mean, one, you know, that, that where 75 and, and 40 meet, you know, that, that they made that better for the fair, knowing that we we're going to have all these fields. So that impacted, you know, us for what 30 years now. Yeah, 40 years. Uh, but but I would say like it just in in all cities, I think Knoxville just mirrored most of America, right? We we kind of left our our cities and moved to the suburbs, and it just timed out with the fair. The fair was over, and everybody was kind of doing that. But what's nice is now that all these smaller American cities are we're all going back, and you look anywhere: Greenville, Asheville, Chattanooga, Knoxville, Louisville. You know, all these cities, Lexington, are all great cities now, and everybody's going back to the downtown. But what's nice for Knoxville is that we do have that park, right? And it's it's a great uh, uh, touchstone, a jumping-off point, places we can hold concerts, um, and, and you know, a little bit of history we can hang on to. So, like, you know, I remember 
there was talk at one point, I think the American Pavilion was going to be a soccer stadium or something. You know, I did always think I wanted to see some of those buildings or in retrospect, not as a kid, I didn't care, but they would use more of the buildings. But, you know, now hindsight being 2020, I do love we kept the sun sphere. We've got the park, something to talk about, celebrate our history. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. So, yeah, and, and it's, it gives a little something different. So when people do travel to town or come, you know, you've got that to talk about. I was going to say, you know, you probably come across a lot of people from out of town or, you know, in your years of opening Sweet Peas, people yeah. that are stopping in, just visiting Knoxville. A lot of people, do you hear a lot of people coming in saying they're here for World's Fair? Absolutely. Really? Sh- shockingly, actually. Yeah. Or like, oh, my grandma brought me down here. But yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I think, that, I mean, they claim, I know there's a lot of uh, argument about how many people, but like 11 million people in six months, 10 million people. I mean, that is a lot of people. Right. And you got to think a lot of those are East Coast people. Um, and it was so recent. I mean, a lot of but, people still alive. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's it's right. Just, so you know, 40 I, years ago. I, I do hear that a lot. Yeah. So one thing uh, Ryan kind of hit on was like those rejuvenation of downtown World's Fair Park. I mean, Ryan and I, we're not from here. We're not Knoxville natives. And when we moved here, we saw the Sun Sphere. We knew the World's Fair was here and kind of cool. Yeah. All right. You yeah, know, whatever. But, you know, you were there and you saw some value in, you know, buying this logo and keeping the spirit of the World's Fair alive That's in a right. way. And, you know, all of a sudden now, for some reason, Ryan and I are like, really realizing and a lot of people you know that weren't around realizing like wow that was really cool that was a really big deal for Knoxville yeah you know and kind of like you know 40 years you know you're keeping some of that magic alive you know with yeah. sharing your archives I guess um you know what, what what do you think that 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 means for for Knoxville um you know it's a great question and, and this goes back to like something Ryan asked earlier you know do you the, how do I see it do I think it's just funny or whatever but I do see it like that way in a sense it did feel like for a long time that it just disappeared and nobody cared about it anymore and all this stuff's out there so you know somebody's gotta get it or like we're just gonna pretend like that didn't happen you know we were just on the Simpsons that was cool um and so I am kind of proud of that for sure, like especially with the downtown restaurant and kind of creating it like a little museum, um, you know, feeling like somebody that kind of kept the flame, you know, just kept it in the consciousness. Like, I'm proud of that for sure, because I am proud that Knoxville had it. I am proud to be from here. Um, and it is a, something fun to talk about with people, icebreakers, especially when you are in the industry I'm in where, you know, you're the service industry, entertainment industry. Um it works perfect for you know for for what I'm doing. Yeah, um, I have to ask because it's it's a very divisive topic. But as somebody who has collected Sunsphere related things over the years, what are your thoughts? How has the Sunsphere aged? Because that's one of my stories that I that I has worked on. How it's sort of aged both uh, physically, but also in like people's minds, like the perception of the Sunsphere. I know if I look back at uh, World's Fair magazine at the time, whenever they uh, whenever they did like a review of the World's Fair, and they did like a three star system. And the Sunsphere got a zero rating, and they called it. Uh, it was go out of your way to avoid going up in it. So it was not like something that people were crazy about on like yeah. initially. I personally like it. I think. Yeah. It, I think it's kind of. It, it's just. It's not, weird, but it's a really good look, and it's great for the city. Yeah, I'm just wondering what your <laughs> yeah. thoughts are, and just like the looks of the Sunsphere. Do you think it's a? <laughs> you know, I, I don't think about it that hard. You know, really? Well, I, I do think this. I think that. Uh, 
in the, don't want to offend anyone here. Well, I say pure, pure, uh, not like usage, nothing, just like the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way it looks. Yeah, it, like if you compare, well, I think why it took a lot of heat because if you compare it to uh, the Space Needle, right? Uh, the Eiffel Tower, you know, it is like the redheaded, crappy stepchild <laughs> of World's Fair, like you know, cool towers. I mean, it just is. Yeah. I mean, thus it being made fun of in The Simpsons as a wig shop. I mean, really. I mean it. it and I get it. I think had it been taller, maybe too. You know, it seems a little short for some amazing. But in the end, and maybe it's because I'm used to it. But I do. I like the way it looks, and I even like some days, like when you're certain views, especially from South Knoxville or whatever. Like when when the air's clean and you see the mountains and then yeah. that ball you know it, it almost looks like a sun coming up over the mountains and it used to look like that even more because you know i don't know if you noticed like it's like enclosed now like the elevator shaft it didn't used to be and it used yeah. to be blue so like you could like it looked like that's right blended in with the sky yeah uh so so what's next is there any plans for for the the fire logo or what you're doing what the what the world's fair memorabilia besides no, just sharing no, or? no yeah no no plans yeah just uh yeah sharing really is, is where it's at for me at this point uh, are you still getting rid of some of the stuff though are you still yeah. selling some of the stuff so i think bliss is about to reopen we, so we did a pop-up store at bliss like around the holidays mm-hmm. and now we're doing it again so, so it's happening during the 40th anniversary um so i just took more stuff to them and we're doing some more shirts you know we did some throwback looking shirts and so we have some new designs there oh nothing too fancy did those right so i have two different th- partnerships i've known the nothing too fancy people for a long time they're friends of mine and dustin is a super fair fan. So uh, what we try to do over there is do the more like more modern style cuts and shirts. Uh-huh. And then we're, we're definitely doing some really cool stuff coming up. Um, um, so you need to check out Nothing Too Fancy because they'll, they'll be a little different. Okay. But uh, the stuff we do at Bliss just is strictly based off of colors and looks from 82. Uh, uh, speaking of new, uh, Uptown Corner, relatively new, right? When, yeah, when, when, Fountain City. Fancy store opened nine months ago, ten months ago. Something okay, like that. so not even a year. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, that is not World's Fair themed. No. But you want to talk a little bit about I me mean, how that's going in Fountain City? Uh yeah, I love it out there. Yeah, we kind of themed that more fountains for Fountain City. You yeah. know, uh, because I do like kind of the historic little Knoxville projects, and uh, we had fun uh, working with the McClung Museum and getting all these cool old pictures of that area of town. And so that's kind of what that 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 and it, and it's also sit down. It's we, we it's a little different than our other two models, quick service, and we got a full bar. So it's been fun just uh, trying something a little different, you know. Well, if people want to keep up with just sort of what you're doing, either I don't know if you have like socials for memorabilia and Man, stuff. I but, do not. But what's the best way for people to keep up with just anything you got going on, sweet yeah, peas related? Yeah, we're just you know we're on everything: Facebook, yeah. uh, Instagram. Just look up Sweet Peas. Yeah, and Sweet you will Peas find barbecue, barbecue. You'll find. Okay. Well, appreciate you joining us. Uh, hey, thanks for the yeah. Beer. I was gonna say, still is it still tasting? I mean, it's still What's got uh, it's still got a little fizz going. <laughs> Good. I might give me another pour here. I wasn't planning on cracking a beer up in this early, but when Chris Ford comes on the podcast and wants to try a beer, we're going to try a beer. It was awesome having him on the show and learning all about his uh, about his memorabilia, about his collection, about his fascination with the World's Fair, about the uh, the unfair skate park, which was pretty interesting. But now, Brenna McDermott, growth and development editor, is going to join the show, and we're going to talk about um, you know we we had mentioned Chris and how he's sort of keeping the magic and the spirit of the World's Fair alive, and we're going to talk about the legacy of the World's Fair, starting out with a big question: 
what is the single biggest legacy thing from the World's Fair that has left the biggest impact on, I'm going to say Knoxville, perhaps it's left even a bigger impact. I think my answer, you could argue, has left even a bigger impact than just here in the Scruffy City. So, Brenna, what is your pick for the most impactful thing to come out of the World's Fair? When I say impactful, I don't necessarily mean good or bad, because I think this thing is very divisive. Uh, You could argue it's been extremely beneficial for Knoxville. You could argue it's been detrimental. Uh, this, This issue divides neighbors, divides neighborhoods, marriages. That is the nickname, the Scruffy City. We all know the the story. A Wall Street Journal writer was previewing the World's Fair in Knoxville and what a disaster it was going to be and talked about how Knoxville was this scruffy little city, much to the chagrin of Knoxville, who wanted to be seen as a legitimate host of what was going to be a very successful World's Fair. Much to the chagrin. Siri, define chagrin. <laughs> what, what is chagrin? Fire. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Displeasure. Displeasure. <laughs> leave that. Leave chagrin in there. Oh, we're going to leave it in there. Much to the chagrin of of Knoxville, but you know, forty years later, look at all of the businesses, uh, organizations, events that have embraced the Scruffy City nickname to to a financial benefit, to a cultural benefit. I think there are a lot of people in Knoxville who really like the identity of the scruffy city. Um, it's, you know, off the grid or it's, you know, not like other cities. It's small and cool and weird. I think to a lot of people, scruffy city is the definition of Knoxville um, and the culture and all the things they enjoy about living here. I think there's another group of people that think, Scruffy City is something that's holding Knoxville back from growing, from evolving, from other people living in other places, taking Knoxville seriously as a, a growing, developing community, and uh, that it, the, the nickname needs to go. But I think if we've learned anything, it's that the Scruffy City nickname is not going anywhere. Um, some people are going to use it. Some people are going to like it. Some people not. But it's going to continue to be a, a, an essential part of the fabric of our community, whether you like it or not. And also, I think people got to realize that we're in 2022 and having a cool, hip nickname for your town is cool and hip. It, you know, calling ourselves a scruffy city, you know, if we were this uh, very, you know, living in a very, if we were down on like Wall Street, very serious business type city. But we're not, I mean, we're a city of makers. We have some big industries here, sure. But we have a lot of, you know, we're in the age of, you know, working from home and shared workspaces. And, you know, the, we can be serious and still be hip and cool and have a, a fun nickname about our downtown, especially one that's this appropriate, I think, for the type of city that Knoxville is. But you're right. I mean, there's a lot of people who do not like it. There's a Miss Robertson who emailed me the other day. Uh, Using the word scruffy to describe a place would definitely discourage me from patronizing it. Scruffy city, scruffy downtown, scruffy, scruffy, scruffy. <laughs> this is from Miss Robertson. So um, I don't know if I want to share her first name because we're neighbors, I just found out. She put her address here. See, I told you this issue is dividing neighbors. Yeah, Ryan. there you go. So that's that's There you go. Yep, proof right there. Um, You know how I feel about it. I think by now I like the nickname. I think it's something that uh, it's you can keep Austin weird, but you can keep anywhere weird. 
You know, you can keep, uh, you know, the Big Apple. That's unique, sure. But, uh, you know, there's Scruffy is Knoxville. It wouldn't, you couldn't call it anything else Scruffy. We have a story behind it. There's a meaning behind it. And I think people should be proud of how we've taken something negative and turned it around and made it our own. And um, I'm no branding expert, but one of the things I like about the Scruffy City moniker is it's vague enough that you can kind of make scruffy is whatever you want it to be you know it it can i think it means something different to everyone and that can be a a bad thing but it can also be an appeal and as knoxville continues to change scruffy might take on a new meaning yeah um and i think that's cool and from a tourism perspective certainly you need a brand you need an identity you know we have when you think about Scruffy City and then kind of pair it with all the things that Knoxville has as a tourism destination, I think it fits. You've got this crazy cool beer, craft beer scene. Um, we've got great coffee. We've got the urban wilderness and all the outdoors. I mean, you think Scruffy and you kind of think like hippie, outdoor, like sitting around a campfire, drinking craft beer. I think that fits it's not exclusive it's it could be you know because i can also make an argument that scruffy could mean blue collar hands-on mm. you know working you know um and in, in in industries that are here in knoxville i mean you can think about scruffy in that way you can think about you know arts hands-on makers just off- authentic i think scruffy is authentic you know not trying to you know hide what we are you call us scruffy okay fine we'll call ourselves scruffy too doesn't matter what you call us that's that's a universal i i think it's an appropriate name and and one that um, says a lot about the city with just one word. Uh, it's pretty cool. Last thought. I think there comes a point at which you have to stop fighting the inevitable. For the people who don't like the Scruffy City nickname, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's not going away. And so let's find ways to lean into it even more. Embrace the branding. Um, you know, we have an awesome tourism appeal here let's find ways to push that boundary and get more people aware of what the scruffy city is i don't know if there's enough consensus around the brand for that to ever happen but i think that's what we should do so ryan what in your opinion is the biggest lasting impact of the world's fair uh that's gonna have to be petro's chili and chips (laughs) um just kidding that's uh that is really good though um that is not my answer. My answer is going to be uh, World's Fair Park. And um, talking with Chris, um, and he mentioned, uh, you know, he always had, in retrospect, looking back at the World's Fair, I always kind of wish that some of the buildings that were built for the World's Fair stuck around, whether it be, you know, the pavilions or, or whatever. You know, there was a lot of buildings that were built temporarily for that site. And then they went away. And then sort of downtown died for a little bit. And then, um, you know, here we are 40 years later and it's thriving. And 40 years later, we have this piece of um, open land, green space in the center of our city that I think a lot of people take for granted. Um, it's it's something that we've talked about on the podcast before. has been seeing a lot more use lately. Cities have parks, but, you know, not always as much open green space as World's Fair Park has. And, you know, if we didn't have World's Fair Park, what would we have downtown as far as green space? We'd have Crooch Park Extension, that little open grass spot there on Gay Street, and that's about it. Um, I like that you have adopted the correct pronunciation of Crooch now. Yes. Yeah, after last week, I, I had to. I can't, I, I'm going to be correcting myself and anybody else who says Crooch from here on out. But also looking back just historically at World's Fair Park and how it was used, um, you think about the concerts, the hot summer nights that Ashley Capps had out there. Um, you know, that got 
thousands of people coming downtown. Um, you know, I'm, it's no secret how big of a fan I am of music and live music. And I really believe in the ability of live music to bring people together. There's something special about standing and staring at a stage and all experiencing the same sort of thing together. And, um, you know, people have fond memories. Even today, people talk about some of the concerts that they saw out of hot summer nights coming downtown. Um, you know, the same thing, you know, that helped propel Ashley's career even further than where he was at. And so then there was sundown in the city that he had on market square. Um, you know, Ashley had a reputation for being able to put on good shows. And part of that had to do with having such a, you know, a, an awesome space like uh world's fair park, um, in the center of the city. And so, um, the live music, I think in a way, the live music that Knoxville saw in the nineties and two thousands has a lot to do with the world's fair and world's fair park. And that had a lot to do with people getting downtown. And now we look at how busy downtown is and you sort of start to trace that back. Like, sure. I'm, I imagine downtown would still be, you know, growing. It wouldn't just be dead if it wasn't for world's fair park or for Ashley and the concerts that happened down there, but it definitely helped propel um, that growth and that, um, you know, just that, you know, taking Knoxville downtown to the next step, I think. And if you, even if you want to, you know, do even a further degree of separation, you know, World's Fair Park having to be closed down for renovations uh, for the, uh, was it the convention center? Um, that meant hot summer nights couldn't happen anymore. And then Ashley goes off and like, all right, well, I need to find a place to do concerts now. And he ends up creating Bonnaroo. And so that's, you know, a legacy that you can kind of trace back to World's Fair Park as well. So I don't know. I think it's just something that you know, a lot of people take for granted. And I'm glad to see it being used a lot more lately. And I think it's going to continue to be used, especially with um, hopefully, you know, the the renovations to the Sun Sphere is going to make that whole area more of a destination. The renovations to the Performance Lawn have made it more enticing to have a, a, a festival out there. We saw it with Dogwood. Um, Southern Skies is coming up. So, um, yeah, just I, I think that's something that has a lasting impact on the city for sure. And looking forward, I think downtown's music scene continues to grow and expand and evolve with you know the outpost and uh, Lunaverse on the way there's a lot to be excited about and I think Knoxville is becoming more of a music destination all the time and and I think you're right those origins are uh, rooted in the World's Fair yeah River Breeze Event Center too coming pretty soon and I, I said World's Fair Park I was thinking more about the you know the grassy area but if you think about World's Fair Park as a whole um, Sun Sphere is there too. Uh, Tennessee Amphitheater is there as well. We saw Tennessee Amphitheater get used for the first time at Big Ears Festival this past year. So I don't know if that's going to you know entice people to start using that venue more. But that's something else that's that's nice. I mean, it just looks pretty too. I mean, you know, it's got it's got uses, sure, but it's just pretty to see you know the water flowing underneath the bridge and the the fountains and the flags and the open green space and the Sun Sphere. Um, and so yeah, I, I think that whole park is just a is a an anchor for downtown it's a place where um you know hopefully more people are going to be enjoying in the years to come so i mean i think we we have to talk about the sun sphere for a moment certainly the most visible remnant of the world's fair again i think you know there's a mixed level of support for the sun sphere but it's part of our identity so certainly major major lasting impact to somebody that lives here and who's been up in the Sunsphere, we might not think of it as a tourist draw. You know, we've been up, you've been up there to the observation deck, and it's just kind of, you know, you look around for five minutes and you're done. Um, I'm not saying people are traveling to Knoxville for the Sunsphere, but I guarantee it's got to be one of the most visited tourist destinations in Knoxville. You might not be coming here, but I think whether you're coming here for a concert or you're coming here for a football game or you're coming here for urban wilderness, whatever it is. 
you know, all three of those people, you know, different types of people could go up in the sun sphere. So I, I bet it's, you know, it's, if you're in Knoxville, it's something that's just like an added bonus. It's like, oh, well, you know, we're going to go see this concert. What else are we going to do? Oh, the sun sphere. You know, it's like a, it's like a B list uh, tourism uh, attraction, but one that gets used a lot. And so, and in the age of Instagram, it's very photographable. Uh, you know, you take that like up angle with Sunsphere in the background. You got your your Insta shot for the day. I'm yeah. talking like I know about Instagram. <laughs> or you hold but. your hand out like you're holding the Sunsphere. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. So um, you know the the visual matters. Yeah. Well, and also just the the design, or just the way the Sunsphere, the the shape of the Sunsphere. It's incorporated in our podcast logo, and we are not alone. I mean, it's the the golden circle. Uh, is part of you know so many business logos and and branding throughout the city. I mean that has the structure. You know you have your own thoughts about it, but there's no denying that it's you know the design of it has been incorporated in you know marketing materials and and all kind t-shirt designs. I mean all kinds of stuff over the years, and so that's something else that's uh, had a lasting impact on Knoxville as well. And of course the Rubik's cube. Of course, how could we how could we forget the Rubik's cube? I forgot about it. That does it for today. I, I hate to end on the Rubik's Cube. We could have ended on something much better. Petro's Chili and Chips. There you go. <laughs> go get you a thing of chili today. Um, and a week from today, Monday, next week, that is if you're listening on a Monday, come back to Spotify, Apple, wherever you like to listen. We'll have a new episode of the Scruffy Stuff waiting for you. Uh, and if you don't want to just keep hitting that refresh, I know you're anxiously waiting for the next one to come out, uh, just hit that like or subscribe button, and that will give you a notification every time a new episode drops. If you'd like to keep up with me in the meantime, you can give me a follow on Instagram at Knox Scruff. And to keep up with all of our downtown coverage and join in the conversation, please go to Facebook and join our Urban Knoxville group. We post all the time new stories, polls to get you engaged in talking about downtown Knoxville. And if you want to subscribe to the Urban Knoxville newsletter, it comes out every Friday and it is free. You can subscribe by visiting knoxnews.com newsletters. And as always, this podcast has been brought to you by Knox News. And if you are not a subscriber to Knox News, I highly encourage you to do that. There's a lot more than podcasts that we're putting out. Stories, photos, videos, all kinds of exclusive content from Knoxville and across East Tennessee. So head on over to knoxnews.com slash subscribe to support local journalism and sign up today. 